rugby supporters. Hands up. Okay, there's some of you. All right, so, so now I need to ask, who are Western Province supporters till death? Hands up. All right, we have a couple. All right, so who would be, let's say, Blue Bull supporters? Okay, there's a couple of you. Bree, you're from KZN. It's not allowed. All right? <laughs> All right, so we have some Blue Bulls. Uh, shark supporters. Okay, we have a couple of Sharks. Uh, cheetahs. Anyone else for a Cheetah supporter? Eh? Okay, so, so who must I, and, and now I'm going to ask a question. Who are Lions supporters? There's one here, it looks like, right? Um, so, so now I need to ask, who are All Black supporters? We have one, two traders among us, right? We, we can take them out. So, so who's diehard Springbok supporters? All right, okay. So, so now that the lines have been divided and everyone knows who they support, how devoted are you really to your rugby team? I know that David and Ilza do not miss a game. Am I right? Okay. They will make a plan to go watch rugby. Okay. I'm one of those. I'll go to rugby when I really feel like it. It's not really something that I would like to do. I, I watch it. It was cool last night. I had Tons of fun with Jandra and Andrea and Elenique and Anthony was there. And, and we watched rugby. We didn't win because I knew what the problem was, was the South Africans have got a little problem with their legs. You know, it keeps kicking the ball away, right? Did you guys realize that last night? Because every time we got the ball, our scrummy, who was the scrummy last night? Eh? I think we need to shoot him. Okay. All right. I don't know who he was, but whoever he was, I would have wanted to shoot him. Because every time we got the ball, he kicked the ball away. I don't know. We're not going to have a commentary about who's, who was the guy, who was the... We're just going to shoot him anyway. Right. So I want you guys to turn with me to Acts 2.42. And um, Acts 2.42. And so tonight what I'm preaching on is something that Andrew has asked all of the congregations to preach on. And so tonight we're going to be speaking about being devoted to the apostles' teaching. It's going, it's about our 412 conference that is happening in October. So what we want to be speaking about tonight is I want to share with you the heart behind the conference. It is not just the place where we're going to go and listen to Oaks preaching a message. Um, some guys that has traveled overseas, he's prepped his most perfect sermon to come and share with you. That is not the heart behind us. The heart behind the 412 conference is the scripture. And let's read it together. It says, Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And next, next verse, Acts 2.42 to 47. I only gave Ethan Acts 2.42. 43 to 47. 42 to 47. Getting there. Well done. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. 
And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing them, the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So tonight I ask you the question about how committed you are to your rugby team. Who's actually got a rugby jersey of your rugby team? You can stick up your hand. You're not going to get shot, I promise. All right? We will allow those, all right? So you will go and you will buy an actual shirt and support your team at every single game you go to. Last night, John and Andrea had the Springbok jerseys on. At the, end of the, at the end of the rugby, they tried to kind of like zip it up so you couldn't see them, you know, because we were upset because we were losing. But so the Christians in the early church, when they got together, they became devoted to the apostles' teaching. And what did that mean? Let me find an example. Matthew, come stand by me. Devoted is this. I didn't have to pull Matthew by his shirt and say, Matthew, come with me. That's not being devoted. What does that mean? Oops. That means forcing. And my PC just locked on me. Ah, oh, there we go. Got it. <laughs> so... If I've got to take him and I've got to pull him to where I want him to go, it's not being devoted. It's forcing him. If I had to force any of you to do something, would you want to do it? No. All right? So, thank you. You can sit. So, for instance, we have Lyle, who owns, and Renee, who owns Fusion Restaurant. You are not allowed to eat at any other restaurant in town except theirs. <laughs> They would like that, right? They would appreciate that. But the thing is, is they make awesome food. So if I want you to go and eat there, I can't tell you to go and eat there. I can just convince you by saying to you, they make incredible food. You know what is the best thing that they make? Hey? Thai green curry. I, I know that's really good. My wife's favorite is, um, what's it? New there we go, Nutella French toast. So think about it. If you, you're looking at that French toast and it's all nice and it's baked and there's this incredible Nutella on it and there's some banana that's been sliced and there's some really nice syrup and some really nice honey crisp bacon on that, right? And an incredibly nice warm cup of coffee or a hot chocolate on a cold morning. Who would like to go there? You would all want to go there, right? So that's exactly how the early church was. They were devoted not because they were forced to do something, but it's because they wanted to. And the word devotion comes from the Greek word, which is, and I'm going to try and say this, proskateruntus, something like that. Okay, it sounds like Greek to me, all right? 
And it means it's got something to do with effort and being persistent even while it's difficult. Sticking through when things are difficult. And what it means is it speaks about continual ongoing action. So when you get married, husbands and wives, for the single guys, you're not there yet. David and Ilza, how long have you guys been married for? 18 years, right? So have you arrived at being married? Is it a destination? It is a destination, but it's yet it's a journey. Because being married, when you get married, the job doesn't end. Evie and Tareen's been married 11 months now, right? They still count on months, okay? Most of us are like, you know? They've been married for 11 months. So Evie, I had coffee with Evie on Friday. tells me, I want to be romantic with my wife. I'm like, okay, cool. That's wonderful, brew. And I'm like, you keep working it, brew. You go and take her out for a meal. They ended up going to Fusion, which was good, right? They were there. They supported them. But the thing is, is being in a relationship, getting married, loving someone, isn't a destination that you arrive at. Loving your wife, loving your husband is an everyday thing. And it takes a lot of grace for my wife to keep loving me. Because I am challenging. I am hard work. Sorry. But the first thing that the early church were devoted to was the apostles' teaching. And let's read together 1 Corinthians 3 verse 10. It says, by the grace that God had given me, I'd laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. And so for us as Josh Jane, we believe that we are part of a big church family called 412. And so it, it's, we, we believe that we're part of a field. And I'm going to put Tareen on the spot because she had a dream a couple of nights ago. And I wanted to come and share the dream she had. Boom. <laughs> Don't share things with me because it will be used. So I had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream. Um, uh, in the dream, we were in a big open field with like almost like a bush field. Lots of bushes and grass and stuff. And Yaku had told us to um, collect stones. And as we all went out to collect the stones, we realized how dangerous it was because um, anywhere and underneath any stone, if you pick it up, there could be a snake and we actually found some. So, yeah, so you, you can explain. Well done, Tareen. Well done, Ivia. Yes, Bri, that's like 50 brownie points for you, Bri. <laughs> so, so Tareen had a dream about us going out and gathering stones. And a couple of months ago, I was preaching on what? Becoming part of living stones being built into God's household. And how do we build something is we, 
as people sitting here have to go and we've got to go fetch those stones. The early church had to go out and fetch stones to bring and to build it into God's household. What happened to most of the people that were in the early church? They got killed. Right? Some of them got killed. Some of them got used as torches. Some of them got ripped apart. It's scary stuff. Some of them even got stoned. Not from Dacha, proper stones. Right? But the early church, they never gave up, even, even if it was difficult. And so the thing is for us as Christians, as we go out into the world, we mustn't be scared to pick up those stones. Because as soon as we pick up those stones and there's a snake there, what does the Bible say to us? He's given us authority over snakes and scorpions to actually step on them. Because you don't have to be scared of it because sometimes God wants to come and he wants to move the rocks out of our lives so that things can be revealed. So when things and sin and things in our lives get revealed, there can be freedom because that's why the church exists. Am I right? Am I wrong? Are you guys with me? Okay. So Paul says that they built on their foundations of the apostles. Now the apostles, they built on those foundations because they had the real revelation of Jesus because they saw Jesus for who he was. They spent time with him. The 12 apostles spent time with him. They had one-to-one understanding of who Jesus was. And Jesus revealed himself to Paul. That's why Paul was an apostle. But that, it didn't end there. Because the Bible says to us in Ephesians 4, he speaks about that God has given us gifts. And let's go to Ephesians 4, verse 11. It says, And it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for the works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up. Until we all reach unity in the faith, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and we become mature, attaining to the full measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and the craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, and so Paul says to us here that he's given some to be apostles, some to be pastors, some to be teachers. And that's why for us as a church, we are part of an apostolic field called 412. And we are part of these guys because they are men leading this. Andrew, the Jonathan Stanfield, Brad Verain, these guys are on team and their job is to make sure that churches are healthy. They come into churches for us, a couple of weeks ago, we had Ross and Margaret. They came into our church. They didn't do anything. They just sat and they watched what we were doing because they wanted to come see on a scale how healthy our church is. How do you know a church is healthy? It's growing. Last year, two years ago, almost two years ago, we planted this church. We started with Kim and I. That was it. Then we had Linda. 
Then we had Stefan and Pascal. Stefan and Pascal's in Germany. Then we had Beer and Ilse. They are in Ranfantine, Josh Jen. But God added people to us. Some guys have moved on to other areas. But God has added people to us because the church is growing. And that means health. And the fact that we are part of an apostolic team provides safety for each of us sitting here. Because if I preach bollocks, then the guys can come and they can actually correct it. And you, if I preach rubbish, if Nolan gets up and he talks cabbage, right? It's smelly, not nice. But if any one of us, if we stuff up, you are, you are able to phone the guys in Josh Jen or 412 and say, guys, I'm worried about the church. You can do that. And the guys will come in and they will come see what we're doing because we live in accountability to one another. And that is what creates safety in the life of the church. Because we are part of an apostolic field of multiple churches. I'm not talking about one or two churches. Josh Jen at the moment, I think we have, or 412 at the moment has about 700 churches that we are a part of that relate to us across the world. 700 churches. Josh Jen, in, in, in our own group, we are 45 churches. At the moment, for us, as Josh Jen, we are about between 3,800 to 4,200 people that meet under the banner of Josh Jen on a Sunday morning or Sunday evening. That's how many people God has added to us. If Josh Jen wasn't healthy, God wouldn't be adding people to us. Because we're part of that. And so for us, as a church, and with these apostolic guys building into us, it says that we need to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So tonight we did that. John and Andrea, Evie and Tureen, they've been prayed in as com leaders. So welcome to the team. <laughs> Run for your life now if you want. But it says to us that we've got to equip the saints for the work of, of ministry. It is the apostles and leaders and elders in the life of the church that God has called to recognize gifts in people sitting here. That's why I always say to you, and that's what I say to you tonight, is that you might be the next com leader. You might be the next deacon. You might be the next elder that we can bring in. You might be the next church planter. And I'm scaring people when I say this. We have areas that needs to be planted. Hansby needs to be planted. Caledon needs to be planted. Claymont has to be planted. And who's the best people to do it? Us. Because the Bible wants us to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Number two is we need to be building up or edifying the body. The Greek word for this one, I'm also going to try and say, is oikodemon, oikodomen, something like that. So it means that the apostolic strengthens us and edifies us and makes the body a fit place to host Christ. So these apostolic team guys that come in, they help us become who God has called us to be so that we can house Christ in us. It says Christ in us, the 
hope of glory. So Christ wants to be in us because you might be the only Christ that anyone will ever see. We can walk out here tonight and a truck can hit someone or a car. And you can be the only Christ that that person has ever had the chance of meeting. Because that's what God's called us to do. Number three is we need to attain unity in the faith. That means unity in heart, mind, and purpose. We're not sitting around singing Kumbaya. Or one of the old favorites, and this is Colin's favorite song. He loves it from years ago. Bind us together, Lord, with cords that cannot be broken. It's a really old song. It's still a favorite for some people. But if we just sing it and it's not real, it doesn't mean anything. It's exactly like the worship songs we were singing tonight. If it's not in your heart, if not what you feel, pointless. Then you're wasting your time. But binding us in unity together means that we are willing to lay down our differences. Because not everyone sitting here tonight will agree with what I'm saying or what I believe. I might not even agree with what you believe. One of the biggest things that divide churches is once saved, always saved, or that you can lose your salvation. People are always up and on. You know what? It's not a heaven and hell issue. It's not something that I'm going to split hairs about. If I love you, you love me, that's cool. If you believe one saved, always saved, that's great. Just work really hard that you know that it's okay. Put a little bit more effort in. Because, you see, we as the body of Christ need to work together and have unity and love for one another where we're willing to die for one another. You guys with me? Right. Knowledge of the Son of God. Knowledge in Hebrew thinking, it isn't just an intellectual understanding, but it's experimental, experiential. You experience it, it becomes a part of who you are. That's why when all the revivals happen, sometimes you pray over people and they start shaking. Who's had that before? Shaking, rattling, rolling, all that, that stuff. Where people pray for you and you fall over in the Holy Spirit. Some guys get freaked out by it. But some people, that's how they experience the Holy Spirit. Like for me sometimes, when I experience the Holy Spirit, it feels like I get like a cold shiver. It's like, like, you can, like all your hairs on, on your arms and stuff stand on end when you feel the power of the Holy Spirit. A couple of weeks ago, I felt it in a meeting with a couple of, with two duomenes, a reverend. And another pastor. We had a meeting and I felt the power of the Holy Spirit in that meeting. God is no respecter about where he comes. But the Holy Spirit wants to come and not just be head knowledge, but he wants to become heart knowledge in us. And that, that's what it means to be part of an apostolic household. Number five is to be mature in Christ. It moves us into a place of greater effectiveness and reproducing. Being reproducing, making more of ourselves. We have comms. 
We've put, now we've got four comps. I'm trusting the Lord, but the end of next year, we'll have eight comps, if even 10 comps. Because there's guys sitting here that I think you can need a comp. I think you can. You sometimes think to yourself, like, I'm not ready. Colin and Marion arrived at, in Amonis, and we were like, you're it, comp leaders. They were like, what? But they stepped up and they're doing it. Evie and Tareen, John and Andrea, even Philip and Anulu, they're like, what are we doing? Sometimes guys feel out of their depth. But, it, but God wants us to, to grow. He wants us to reproduce ourselves so that others can see who we are. Because I believe in a year's time, we're going to be, tonight I counted quickly, we were about 55 adults. In a year from now, we can be 110 adults in this building. But if we are, God wants to double and multiply. Because when we are multiplied, if, you, if each person here can multiply one more person, it doubles. If that 110 goes and doubles, we've got 220 people. And the more we multiply, the more we can change this area. Because that's why the church exists. And we need to teach people the knowledge of who the Son of God is. Number five. Felt like I said five. Number six. There we go. Well done. Number six is the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. What does that mean? It becomes like we become more like Jesus. And I think that is the hardest thing for us as a church, is to become more like Jesus. And I've shared this before. You guys have seen that alien thing. Eh? You've seen that. I won't send it out to anyone. I know last time people got freaked out about it. But it's like, as soon as we start dying and we become less of us, and Jesus wants to become more in us, sometimes we've got this alien coming out of our chest. Going, ah, I'm not dead, I'm alive. Because your own flesh sometimes rises up. You can just think to yourself, many of us can sit here and say, Lord, I've really died to myself. I feel, I feel like I've died. I've become more like you. And someone offends you. Then that alien pops out and I'm here now. And you've got to kill it again. You've got to kill it again because it's an everyday thing. Becoming more like Christ. Killing your own self. Because that's church. Number seven is no longer being tossed to and fro by the waves. We, the apostolic and the guys that we're a part of, they help us become secure in the storm. Because we all go through storms in our life. Anybody here not, not going through a storm tonight? Is everyone, if you're going through a storm, stick up your hand. We're all there. Could be financial storm. It could be an emotional storm, could be a family storm, could be a relationship storm, could be a church storm, could be a leadership storm, could be moving comm storm. But where do we place our focus? Because you see, Jesus, when the apostles were in the ocean and they were thinking they were going to die and there was a storm 
And Jesus came walking to them on the water. And he called out to them. He said, just chill, guys. It's me. Before they saw Jesus, they were freaking out. But Jesus came and he walked up towards them. And, and who was the first guy out of the boat? Peter. Peter was out at the boat and he was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And he walked out to Jesus. And, and as he was walking, he started looking around him. And he started seeing the waves. And when you see big waves, you freak out. But what happens is Jesus came, and even though Peter lost his focus, Jesus came and grabbed him by the hand, and he pulled him out. And that's what the, ap the apostolic and the, the church does. It's there to help us navigate storms in our lives. Because you cannot navigate something on your own because sometimes it looks that big. Because we, we get challenges in our lives. And we look at that challenge and it feels like it's this huge, humongous table mountain, mountains. But you have someone else sitting with you and giving you a different perspective, viewing it in a different way, and you actually realize it's a molehill. And all you have to do is just step over it. Am I right? Because it's about that perspective of what God wants to do in us. Number eight, it says, not carried away by every wind of doctrine. And I told you guys, we have safety in Josh Jean in 412. Because we have guys that come and check what's happening in the church. Every time one of us gets up and preaches, our sermons get uploaded to Josh Jean. And the guys listen to what we preach. They listen. Myself and Nolan, we are accountable. We have accountability relationships to men. Like Ross and Margot. If Kim and I go through a tough time, then Kim will contact Margot. Yaku is being doff. Help him. And then what happens? Ring, ring. Hello, Ross. How are you, bro? No, how's it going? No, 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 it's going wonderfully, bro. No, your wife's saying it's not going well. What's happening? How did you know? Happens. And can I tell you something? It doesn't even mean a phone call from my wife sometimes. Ross will phone me, bro. How's it going? I've been thinking about you. I've been praying for you. And I felt God said to me, I need to contact you. Because accountability is key for us to step into what God has for us. Each one of us sitting here. That's why these com leaders that are going to be leading communities, you need to build relationships with them. Because as the church grows, it's going to become more difficult for Nolan and Maurice and Kim and I to actually spend time with you on a regular basis. Because I saw what it looked like at our amazing race, how big it was that day. It was huge. The last time we had a combined com at our house, it was like if you, had to, if you wanted to change your mind, you had to go outside. Because it was so full. So as the church grows, as it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, the closeness changes. And that's why home leaders become so important. Because they become the guys that you can speak to. And in turn, they will chat to us and say, guys, how can I help you? 
Guys, how can we navigate this thing? Because that's church. And people struggle when churches grow because the dynamic changes. But as God grows us, we need to step into everything that he has for us. And we need to be careful what we teach, what we believe. Because there's so many things that always wants to come into the life of the church and steal people's hearts. Because you can read something and someone can explain something to you and they can twist it. And it can destroy your life. Where the Bible says to us that church is important. God created the principle of church. If someone comes to you and says, no, church is unbiblical. Just you and your family have church at home. You know what's happened? They've stolen you away from the flock. If you make a braai, who likes to braai? Anybody likes to braai? If you like to braai and you make a braai and you take one piece of wood and you take the piece of wood and you put it over there, you think it's going to make another fire all on its own. What's going to happen to that piece of wood? It's going to die because it's no longer a part of the wood, no longer a part of the fire where the heat is. And so that's why church is a God institution. God made church for us to be a part of it. Number nine is we grow into him who is the head. We need to grow closer to Jesus. And I want to tell you guys something. For Kim and I, we spent a lot of time with Andrew. And even Nolan and Maurice have been to a lot of these conferences. Andrew and the other apostle, apostolic guys, I must tell you, they take a piece of scripture and they can explain it to you that you're like, what? Why didn't I ever see that? Because God has given these men a grace to build his church. And so in that place, God is wanting to build into us. And in that place, as he builds into us, we are able to grow and we build ourselves up in love for one another. For those coming in to the life of the church. And so I want to encourage you guys tonight regarding this 412 conference. At the moment, we have got 15 people that have paid to go from our congregation. I know Geneve put up a hand to help. Did you register? I don't know. I'm asking you. You guess so. Okay, we'll, we'll find out for you. But I want to ask you tonight, if you want to go, make it a priority to go. I'm even a nice boss. I'll give my staff off to go. Because... This is such an incredible time. And guys, I must tell you, if, if you get overwhelmed by lots and lots of people, take a calming tablet. It's going to be big. We're expecting anywhere between 2,500 to 3,000 people at this thing. This is going to be huge. Don't worry about your kids. They're going to get looked after. There are guys that's going to be looking after them, that's going to do kids' church. It will keep them busy. But if you want to go and you don't have the money and you can only put together 500 bucks to go, we'll trust God with you that you'll be able to go. 
And guys, this conference date is closing on the 1st of September. And my heart would be for all of us to go. It's three days. If you can camp, you can rough it. There are toilets, there are showers. And go. Make every effort to be there. Because when you go, you will actually see of what we are a part of. And we carry the actual inheritance of what guys have done before us. Josh Jen is over 20 years old. Men and women have paid the price. They've laid down their lives for the king and the kingdom. Let's do the same. Let us go and, and build with these guys, knowing that we are part of something so much bigger. Because when you go to these things, they envision you so that it helps you to think bigger than yourself. Because sometimes we become navel-gazing. Look down there. Getting a bit round. I can still at least semi-see it. But navel-gazing is when you look down and you only focus to what's happening here. Around here. But God wants to lift our eyes to see there. Where are we going? And people were freaking out about me talking about Hans by plant and all those plants and everything else. Why not? If we plant Hans by and we can save 10 people for Jesus, I've done my job. Because the Bible says to us, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Everyone. No matter who they are. No matter where they're from. Everyone has the right. Everyone has the opportunity to need to know about Jesus. Let's be that vessel. And I know that some guys got freaked out a couple of weeks ago because I got a tattoo. Because for some people, it's like they never thought I would get a tattoo. I never thought I'd get a tattoo. Neither did my kids. But I went and got a tattoo because I felt that this is something I can share my faith with. And some people believe that tattoos are wrong. That's your own opinion. I put my tattoo here with Galatians 5 verse 1 because it says it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. So at least I know if I one day lose my arm, I will find it because there's a cross on it. And I put a cross on there because I wanted to say that I'm devoted to Jesus. I love Jesus. That's why I have this thing. And yesterday, Jandra and I walked into Build It, and there was a woman standing behind the counter, and she looked at me, and she said, I don't particularly like tattoos, but I want to tell you, that is the nicest tattoo I've ever seen. And I showed it to her, and she was like, that is awesome. It's a tool, but it comes back to your conviction. It's in your heart. Don't judge me because I've got a tattoo, because I'm not judging you because you're wearing glasses. Okay? I'm just, I'm just using it as an example, okay? I'm just saying it. But Paul even said, to, Paul said that I become all things to all men that I might be able to save some. If I can sit down and I can get one guy with tattoos saved because I have a tattoo, I've done the job that God's called me to do. Guys, let's become Christians that think outside the box. 
God hasn't come and put us in a box and said, this is how we need to do things. Let's, let's do things outside the box. Let's become Christians that love people. Let us be committed and devoted to the gospel. And I want to encourage you guys. Please come speak to Nolan and I if you want to go to this conference, but you cannot by any means do it. Please come chat with us. And we're going to trust God with you that you'll be able to go. I have a tent. I'll give you a tent. So guys, I want to encourage you guys. Please make this a priority in your hearts. Because it's not just going and listening to a conference. It's about fellowship. It's about building relationships. There's going to be the guys from Kharabobo who's going to be there. The Gordons Bay guys are going to be there. The Somerset West guys are going to be there. You're not going to be alone. There's going to be friends there. Imagine waking up and seeing Colin in the morning. It will be traumatizing. But be there. Father, we thank you tonight. Father, we pray, Lord, we want to commit ourselves. Lord, we want to be totally sold out for the king and the kingdom. And Father, as Acts 2.42 says, they devoted themselves. Father, I want to pray, Lord, that we as a church will become devoted. Lord, that we will give of ourselves, not because we're told, not because we're forced, not because we, we kind of coerced and even manipulated. But Lord, that we would devote ourselves because we want to. Because it's because of the King and the Kingdom and the Jesus that we serve. And so Father, we love you for that tonight, Lord. Be with us, lead us and guide us. Lord, take us into the fullness of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.